This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. We are on for topic number three with Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How about you? I'm doing well, man. So one of the videos I did over the weekend is a topic I'm going to ask each of my experts. So you're first up. So here we go. And that is going to be, hey, new administration, right? Joe Biden is in the White House. He's already signing executive orders and all this stuff is coming. How are, how are you planning to make a lot of money in the next four years, right? In the first uh, or in this Biden administration, you already have a plan. You already see what's coming because things are going to change. And I'm just curious what you're going to do. Um, start a SPAC, start a hedge fund <laughs> and have a couple of IPOs. <laughs> just, there's trillions of dollars coming yeah. into the markets. And uh, it's just like taking candy from babies and start a government contracting business and, you know, um, doing that. So now, you know, it, it's hard to say. So we do know that. I mean, if I could do it all over again, people ask me, you know, if you could start over now, what would you do? And I'm telling you, if I could start over right now, I would go straight to Wall Street and I'd start a SPAC or I would, you know, uh, get into investment banking because the money is so free and flowing and everybody's looking for yield. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable right now how easy it is to do these things. So I would I would go in that direction. Uh, but that's going to be short lived. It's not going to last forever. Uh, the next thing is government contracting is real. So there's going to be some infrastructure spending at some point. But caveat to all this is we don't know exactly what's what yet. We don't know exactly what's being proposed. We don't know if it's going to get through. We do not know what the tax climate's going to look like. Is 1031 going away? Opportunity zones, are they going to be affected? You know, all of these different things, Tax and Jobs Act, is that going to go away? So, so we still really don't know. We don't have full guidance yet, but there, we do know there's going to be a lot of spending and it's going to be infrastructure. It's going to be in the markets uh, and it's going to be for social causes. So in those areas is where the real opportunity is for free flowing money to capitalize on. So that's where you should be looking. So, okay. So again, if, if you're if like, if you're a contractor, you run that kind of business, uh, I, I assume there's some kind of certification or you got to get on some list or something to become a government contractor. Do, do you know? Well, yeah. So generally they're going to go to small, it's called SWAM, small woman owned um, and disadvantaged businesses. So if you're, you know, majority owned by a female, majority owned by a minority, you know, something like that, small disadvantaged business, you know, so you can get what's called SWAM certified, S-W-A-M. Um, and then there's other things that you can do to get into the pipeline, get your company uh, pre-approved for a certain amount of contracts because there are certain contracts below a certain level that don't even require bidding. They can just issue them for vendors, for contractors, things like that. So if you're in business, I would look at getting yourself certified at the state and federal level so that you can get these government contracts. And then, you know, again, if you're a vendor supplying certain services, it's even no bid contracts if you're if you're pre-approved and pre-certified. Uh, at the federal level, there's, there's different things that you can go through to, to get yourself qualified there. Um, or you can work for other contractors that are already um, approved and certified. I can't remember what the certification is for 
the uh, uh, for the like the general contractor, you know, for these things that then turn around and subcontract and they can subcontract out to anybody. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one area to be thinking about. The other one is real estate. So if there's a fifteen thousand dollar tax, uh, you know, first home buyer credit that gets you know passed, uh, that's going to be huge for an already <laughs> stressed real estate market. So. That's another thing to be aware of and just kind of pay attention to. And looking at the fine print on that first time buyer, um, it's not first time, first time. It's like first time in so many years yeah, for I people heard, that will qualify. I heard two years is what I read. Right. If you haven't Yeah. So if you haven't bought a new house in like two years, I don't, you know, you may have owned 20 houses, you can get that credit. Man, that is, I mean, if that happens and and if that happens, that could go down as one of the worst policy mistakes ever. Because adding that kind of fuel to an already overheated market with no supply, mm-hmm. Jesus, <laughs> I couldn't imagine, right? Affordability is going to go down. And that's what I'm really thinking about is, I guess what I'm seeing is a lot of spending. Uh, there's going to be some more asset inflation, right? The money's going to chase yield. So real estate, I think, goes up. It's a hard asset. I think yeah. actually- Interest rates should stay low. Let me ask you this on interest rates. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Interest rates higher, the same or lower at the end of his four years than right now? Well, okay. So if the spending continues, you have to pay for the spending. So how do you pay for spending? So they have to issue debt. The government has to issue debt to cover the spending because you can't tax your way out of it. You know That would just kill the economy right now. Mm-hmm. So taxes have to remain relatively low. There's only so much you can do there. So at the end of the day, you have to issue debt. So that means the US government has to go out and they have to sell their debt on the open market. So right now, the word on the street is there is less appetite for our debt uh, than the debt that we have that we're issuing. So then the treasury becomes the buyer. Mm. So as long as the treasury is the buyer, that can keep yields and rates low because the treasury doesn't need to earn a yield. They can buy at cost. Mm -hmm. But if you're issuing debt to foreign governments, sovereign wealth funds, the more that we issue, the more that they're going to perceive the risk potentially and the more yield they're going to want for that investment. So that's the real question is what threshold will, you know, the Fed and Treasury place on the yield that they're issuing the debt versus buying it internally? Um, so that's really the key to watch there. Yeah, I'll, I'll come out and say that I think interest rates are higher in four years than they are now. You know, again, I worry about the 30-year mortgage or, and it starts with a 10-year, as you know. I think the 10-year this morning is at like 1.07, so it's a little off where it was. But I think the 10-year is north of 1.5. And that may not mm-hmm. sound like a lot, a lot, but that's 50% move. And I yeah, think that- Yeah, that'll push, that'll push rates up double what they are now. Yeah, so I, I think that's significant. And I don't think it happens this year. I think we have a year to buy and maybe a year and a half, but four years, they're certainly higher than they are today, in my opinion. And for everybody listening, if interest rates double, so they're in the low threes, high twos, you know, it's not unforeseeable for interest rates to get into the fours and fives. So if they get close to doubling, that's going to cut real estate values down 30%, you know, across the board. So, you know, that's how you get a market collapse in real estate. That's how you get a market collapse, you know, in general, when that kind of stuff starts happening. But it really boils down to how much debt are they issuing and who's the buyer and what are the rates that they're buying at? Yeah, I don't know if real estate crashes 30%. What I will say is, is your it's all about payments. This whole mm-hmm. argument about real estate 
in values is nothing to do with values. It's all about payment. But you're right. An interest rate at two and a half is very different than an interest rate at four and a half. Mm -hmm. And what is going to happen is affordability will drop and you'll go from, you know, an affordability of 45% to 20. And once that happens, as we saw in 08, values have to come down, right? They'll be sticky. Yeah. So it's all of that, but yeah, it's payments for, you know, buyers. So if you're, you know, living in a permanent residence, it's all about your payment, what you could afford for some people, others are paying cash, but for most people, it's a payment vehicle for investors is cash flow. So the lower the rates, the higher the cash flow, the more you can pay for a property. Mm -hmm. So when that changes values of, you know, income properties change. Yep. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a trickle down effect in all areas and where the ones that it really, really affects are people that are buying on interest only loans for the next three to five years. If rates do go up and they start resetting, then that can trigger, you know, a lot of different things. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, the, the interest, the neat thing now is, you know, the people that are making policy are very sensitive in understanding the effect of interest rates on the economy. They know all areas of it. They know the results of what's happened whenever they've tried to pull the foot off the gas and quantitative easing, you know, all or quantitative easing and all that stuff. Um, you know, we are in an uncharted territories in a lot of ways. So nobody knows the real answer, the real effect, or the real outcome of what we're doing. And nobody knows how far can we go yeah. with this spending and the debt and things like that. We just don't know. Yeah, the last topic I want to ask here, and you may not have an opinion on it because maybe it's just out of your radar, but when you think about, okay, the dollar is going to get hit because we're, you know, 20% of the dollars created in the last 12 months, we're probably going to do it again this year, lots of dollars created. Do you go international, right? Do you do you look to take a percentage of your net worth or a percentage of your investments and go, you know what, I'm going to go emerging markets or I'm going to go Europe or, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think like that at all or do you just stay domestic? I, you know, for me, in yeah. my world, you know, I, I stay, I stay domestic. I've never been an international investor. And one of the things that no matter what happens, this is a global economy. So it's no longer just about the United States. Sure. We are the leading economy in the world. You know, China may surpass us in terms of product production and, you know, things like that, but they'll never be a, a world leading economy. You know, you just can't be when you're, when you're a corrupt communist in government, you just can't. Um, so the thing to understand is everything's interconnected globally, worldwide. So if, if, you know, economic Armageddon happens, people are going to be looking for the safe haven, which is the United States, because we are still a country ruled by law. And we saw that play out in what's going on. At the end of the day, the law reigns supreme in this country, which is what makes us the greatest nation on the world. And we always will be. I don't know of a better way to end it than there. I think that is very well done. I want to thank you for these three topics, Greg. Yep, it was good to be here. Thanks, buddy.